Hi everyone, it's Emily from the Students' Verdict podcast. We're a new bi-weekly podcast covering true crime cases, some you might not have heard of. So far we've covered cases such as The Monster of Worcester and The Disappearance of Marlene Oakes. The Students' Verdict is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play and Spreaker. Also, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. And remember to keep living the dream. listening to Weird Distractions Podcast, a podcast where we talk true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal, folklore, and to be honest, just a little bit of everything. Maybe how to lose a ghoul in 10 days. We'll figure it out. I'm your host, Alex. And Christy. And this week we are talking conspiracy theories, and this one is going to be a little bit out of this world. Just Literally. a little... <laughs> Literally. Christy, can you uh, maybe talk a little bit about some housekeeping things that we need to share to our fine weirdos? Wee oui, wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, just want to give a shout out to you guys, reminding you of anything that's coming up or what we have available for you. So I'm not sure if you know, but we are on Redbubble. We do have merch. Please go on. Feel free to purchase anything. Give some rep in. We have lots of stickers, some shirts, some little goodies, whatever. So on Patreon. You want to go on and sign up on that to get some extra access, get some little extra tidbits. Um, you can go on now, but billing doesn't start till February 1st. There's two tiers. Um, tier is $2 and $5. Gives a little bit more extra things, but like bonus episodes, stickers, shout outs, stuff like that. Um, again, just search Weird Distraction Podcast and we should come up. And then lastly, we have our giveaway still going on. Feel free to get on there to get your last chance to be able to enter into that. Um, right now we are on Instagram. We are giving away a $25 Canadian Amazon gift card. We are giving away um, one of our mugs off merch, and we're also giving away some stickers. One way to go on and to win is we want you to go on our Insta. We want you to like the post. We want you to share to a story. Do tag us so we can see it in case your um, profile is private and whatnot. But most importantly, part of it is we want you guys to leave us an Apple review. So you're going to go on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, try and take a screenshot, and if you can DM it to us or if you can try and e- email it. So we have those details of when it happened. Um, as I said, it's going on now. It's going to be then announced on the 25th of January. So make sure you get on there to get a part of it. We did actually have one thing come up since the content or the giveaway, sorry, has started. And someone asked, you know, does it have to be Apple Podcasts? And we originally didn't really talk about doing it any other platform, but essentially why the hell not? So if you can leave us a review kind of on any platform, we would prefer Apple Podcasts. But if you don't have Apple Podcasts, that's cool. That's whatever is what it is. We'll, we'll take whatever. That's fine. Well, we, Just send a screenshot. Exactly. And the other thing is some people are having a hard time sending the screenshot because essentially you submit re- the review and that's it. So Ooh. if you can just send us a picture of the, what you're going to send, that's Before cool. Before we'll, you send it. Even. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out regardless. Everyone that's entered so far has been really, really good. They haven't been trying to pull, you know, a quick one on us. So that's always appreciated. That's nice. That's nice. So, Christy, what is your need for a distraction this week? Um, my distraction this week is literally we are in Ontario, sadly. We just gone into another friggin' state of emergency. 
I am frigging over staying home because I'm so over COVID. Yep. I see more and more COVID people at work. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm just, I want to go places. And I get it. Like, it's whatever. Like, everyone wants to go places. But I just need to distract from that because it's just really depressing right now. It's very depressing. And I'm going to jump on that and say same. Like, that's my reason for distraction. So our premier um, of our province, Mr. Dougie Ford, he essentially made this announcement yesterday on my good birthday, how dare he, um, where he kind of just repeated essentially what we're already doing. Which yeah, nothing I found, changed. Yeah, nothing changed. Like nothing has really changed. Like we're all expected to stay home. We're not allowed to really go anywhere unless it's deemed essential. Like nothing has changed. So it's kind of like... That meme where it's the two Spider-Mans and they're pointing at each other. <laughs> and it's like December 26th lockdown versus, what, January 14th lockdown. Like, there's no fucking difference, Doug. Thanks, but no thanks. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. basically. And we're Overt. not, yeah, we're not here. We're not going to be, you won't see us protesting at any, like, anti-mask or any crazy anti-COVID thing we're just I think we're at the stage where we're all done like we're all just tired of it we want to be able to go see family and friends we want to be able to do things again just a live a little bit just a little bit of a life yeah it's like you have your hubby and I live alone so yeah. there's just me and the cat all the time <laughs> you and Ollie which is essentially a child if you think Basically. about it. Basically. I wrecked my fan. He's ruined my Christmas tree. What's next? I mean, he's going to burn down the apartment. That's what's next. He better not. I need to move. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, you know what? Let's just get to it. Let's get distracted, shall we? Please. So this week we are talking about conspiracy theories, as I mentioned. And specifically, we are going to talk about the lost cosmonauts. Have you heard of it? The Lost Cosmonauts. And no, it's not an indie hipster band yet. Okay. So there are many theories around the Soviet Union cosmonauts, uh, which essentially claims that the Soviet Union sent cosmonauts. And by the way, cosmonauts are the same as astronauts. They're just called cosmonauts, and which I feel like is kind of cooler. I don't know why. Uh, is cosmonauts, it's like... Going out to the, I don't know, cosmos? I don't know. And it just <laughs> sounds space. it sounds more cooler. aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it sounds cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, the whole theory behind it is that the Soviet Union sent these cosmonauts and shit went down when they sent out these cosmonauts. And that they were practicing sending people out into space before they actually sent someone out to space. This theory also claims that some of the cosmonauts went missing or died in action, hence the name Lost Cosmonauts or Phantom Cosmonauts. And the reason why this theory or conspiracy theory is, you know, kind of noteworthy is due to the belief that people think that these lost or phantom cosmonauts were sent out before the actual first cosmonaut, Yuri Gargarin, who went out April 12th, 1961. And I do want to apologize if I pronounce Yuri Gagarin wrong or you know not with a decent accent because I'm not from Soviet Union so say that three times fast you know what I (laughs) know hard pass so 
if the Soviet Union made it out to space and to other planets before us, um, and by us, I mean Northern America, um, some speculate that this would mean they actually had or still have more power over Earth than people think. The Soviet Union has always carried the label of being super secretive and competitive against other countries, which, as some may guess, may breed conspiracy theories like this to explain odd occurrences or rumors. So. Fancy. Yeah, very fancy, very secretive, very gossip girl. XOXO. XOXO. Soviet Union. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. Okay, so let's break down some of these allegations and theories. The first one, uh, according to a Gazden Times article from 1959, which is the year my mother was born, I feel like I have to give a nod to it every time I see it. A German people how old she is. I know, but (laughs) yeah, maybe I should stop that. She's going to kill me. (laughs) A German professor by the name of Hermann Oberth Uh, had reported that he believed that there were four cosmonauts from the Soviet Union who had died in failed attempts to get to space. Why should we listen to Herman? Well, Herman had worked at the U.S. Army in Huntsville, Alabama, found this information out through American intelligent papers. These papers state that the Soviet Union had made up to eight attempts to go out to space, assuming under the radar, uh, between 1957 to 1958. This would feed into the theory that the Soviet Union made it out to space before they actually reported they did, and these underlying ideas don't stop with Herman. A well-known Russian magazine by the name of Agyanok uh, had published an article along in, the, along in the early 1960s with photos of some high-altitude parachutists, including Colonel Pyotr Dolgov, Ivan Kutcher and Alexei Grashkov. And yes, I jolly phonics their names. I was like, you sound so fancy saying those. <laughs> I know. When I was like going through my notes, I was like saying them out loud to like practice. And I was like, oof, mm, I sound fancy. <laughs> I sound like I'm like I know these people. We're best friends. We're hanging out. Um, you can speak but, the language. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, God, no. No. I haven't done my Duolingo app in like a month. I'm surprised the owl hasn't come to my house to kill me because I haven't been practicing my Norwegian and French. How dare you? I know. Supposedly, these three men were testing out high-altitude equipment, uh, but some theorized that these men were actually cosmonauts from the so- for the Soviet Union and would be part of the lost cosmonaut conspiracy theory. To kick off this kind of like weird connection with the three, Dolgoff had jumped at an altitude of 28,640 meters, which is about 93,960 feet. That sounds really scary. And apparently the helmet visor of his spacesuit hit a gondola as he exited and it started depressing his suit, which ultimately killed him. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> right? You just like get the air and you're just like gone. Pretty much. And like this is why as much as I would love I think to go um skydiving. This it's is different though. That's not like you like you like mm. touch different air you're going to die. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's like, like if you go to if you go to space and you like breathe their air you're dead. 
you go skydiving, like your risk is the parachute might not open, but like you're not gonna die from air. But I might. <laughs> okay. <laughs> conspiracy theory over here. So yes, Dolgov unfortunately died. Um, the conspiracy theory twist claims that Dolgov, though, actually died during a Vostok space flight on October the 11th, 1960. It also claims that this flight was, quote, tracked for 20 minutes by stations in Turkey, Japan, Sweden, England, and Italy. Hence why perhaps this alternative story came out that he was simply, quote unquote, testing out parachute equipment because, you know, being tracked by other countries is not really a great thing. I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So they're like. So he's like a very, what's that word? paranoid person well i think the soviet union was trying to cover up something catch my drift they're trying to cover up the fact that he was tracked and then died in this quote-unquote accident a little bit of a kgb cleanup or something exactly exactly so the other parachutist kachur uh also has kind of like an odd story attached to his name Some reports claim that he was in the first Soviet Union manned flight in October of 1960 in a space model that was known to have failed and that he died because of this. However, there is another claim that he just kind of simply went MIA. Like, no no other information, just he vanished. I'd be very skeptical about that. Well, and that's the thing. When there's not a lot of information, people are going to put... think bad things happened. Well, yeah, people are going to think bad things happened, and they're going to assume the worst. Think a cover-up, think again, KGB cleanup, something. People just, no, don't just disappear. Exactly, exactly. And then allegedly, Grashov appeared in later lists of reported dead cosmonauts, but was not connected to any specific flight or any, like, there was no flight details, there was no details around his death, but apparently... All of a sudden, he shows up on this. Li- he's on this list that says he was a dead cosmonaut. But there's no like tracking saying he went anywhere to begin with. Nope, nothing. That also sounds sketchy. So they're yeah. gonna put people on stuff and say that's how they died. Now you're gonna actually actually take people so they died somewhere else and not say exactly. they died that way. Exactly. Cleanups going on here. Exactly. Some believe that the original story of the men testing out the equipment and dying as a result or had gone missing has been exaggerated into them dying on a space flight as part of the lost cosmonaut conspiracy theory. Another issue of that same magazine came out later on in 1959 with photos of a man identified as Gennadwe Zawaowski, uh, who essentially was added on a list of dead cosmonauts, again, similar to the last guy, without any actual date of death or any further details as to how he passed. So once again... Okay, yeah, like, even if you, like, want to fake a death, you at least have put it, like, a day he died, like, a death certificate, signature signed, died then. Yeah, put some mm-hmm. effort into it. Like, don't be a shady... Like, if you're gonna make it look fake, don't be shady and, like, lazy yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, don't be shady lazy. Be shady productive. I don't fucking know. Like, ugh. Do better. Do better. It's 2021. At faking people's <laughs> deaths. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> Do better at faking people's deaths. A Weird Distractions podcast advice column should be thanks thanks. (laughs) so the next allegation comes in 1960 so science fiction author robert heinlein apparently wrote an article on may 15th whilst traveling in the soviet luthiana 
where he was told by Red Army cadets that the Soviet Union had supposedly launched a human into orbit that day. However, this this was actually a whole year and a bit before Yuri would actually kind of be known as the first person in space from the Soviet Union. Supposedly, this has maybe been debunked as it could have been a test dummies that were sent out that day, not actual humans, and that they're using human voice recordings to test, obviously, to see if the radio worked when they were out in space. So it wasn't necessarily a legit launch. It was literally just dummies and voice recordings. But apparently these Red Army cadets told this Robert dude, hey, like we've sent out someone today. Meanwhile, it's just a dummy and some pre-recorded conversations. This is also how they're like faking people's deaths. They're going to send dummies up and be like, that guy was on there, but not. Hmm. But that's the thing. And that's that's the whole suspicion around it, right? Like, are these actual people? Are they dummies? Are they, are they, what are they? What's going on? We want to know. Killing them back there and then sending them up potentially in space. Hmm. 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 Suspicious. Hmm. So another reporter by the name of Dennis Odgen, who worked for an American newspaper situated out of Moscow, had apparently also published an article merely two days before Yuri's official takeoff. According to this article, Vladimir Ilyshuin was actually the first man in space. However, due to an emergency, the flight had to come back and return to ground. And this, oof, this is some spicy, spicy tea, which I don't know if you can get spicy tea, but I'm assuming you can, like cinnamon. I don't know. I'm assuming if you can, it's disgusting because tea is disgusting. Yeah, I'm not a big tea drinker. I'm a tea spiller, but not a tea drinker. Anyway. <laughs> So supposedly the rumor mill had pumped out that the reason behind the emergency, you know, land from this flight was because Vladimir had accidentally landed on Chinese territory um, and apparently, supposedly, allegedly was captured, which... I'm sorry, do you know how big China is? He just accidentally landed on Chinese territory. He just accidentally, it's kind of like when you accidentally pull into McDonald's when you're on your, like, second day of trying to eat better and you like, order Big ooh. Mac and yeah. some nuggets and some fries <laughs> Accident- <laughs> accidentally you just accidentally find yourself in the McDonald's drive through with an accidental large amount of food accidentally yeah I think he needs to figure out his little travel plans there because he doesn't know where he's going clearly I mean in his defense because I'm gonna I'm gonna come to Vladimir's defense here this was before Google Maps so yeah, compasses. You probably know what direction you're going to hit China eventually. Hmm? True. True. True, true. I can't I can't argue that once. Yeah. Uh, the article later noted that the cosmonaut had suffered both physical and mental injuries because apparently, allegedly, he was captured. Uh, while the Soviet government supposedly tried to hide the accident and labeled it as a quote-unquote traffic accident with no further details. Mm, I don't think so. I know, right? It's It's... Okay. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, how many times has that happened where, you know, someone accidentally went to a territory they weren't supposed to go into, they get captured, they have to try and negotiate to get their release, and then the government tries to hide it because they don't want to see be seen as weak. Then you just become a prisoner of that country forever, basically. Pretty much. And die. Pretty much. torture. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think Vladimir died, but like, who knows? Honestly, the people we've already mentioned at this point, I don't even know if they lived. So <laughs> <laughs> they got fake deaths. Who knows if they even lived lives, whatever. Exactly. 
So the kicker of this this part of the theory is apparently since this was published, there has been no evidence in terms of Vladimir's unsuccessful flight questioning whether or not it actually took place. So you could argue that it might have taken place, but that the Soviet Union was very quick to hide what happened, as any report of their own being captured by another country could have been devastating to their strong appearance. Because let's not forget, like, the Soviet Union and Russia and what have you has always had this very strong, very hard, you know, we're going to fight till we can't fight anymore appearance to other countries so to speak so i find it still sounds all very fishy and yeah like yeah very conspiracy based the next part we're going to actually be talking about two amateur radio operating italian brothers who kind of make this whole theory a little bit interesting uh, so, Aquila Utica Cordia was born in 1933, and his brother Giovanni, born in 1939, would become some key players in the Lost Cosmonauts conspiracy theory. I was really hoping you were going to say, like, Mario and Luigi, but my... <laughs> Get out of here. They're just sitting around, throwing banana peels at people, saying, oh, no, I almost did Mickey Mouse, hold on. <laughs> Mario, yeah, where is the last person? I'm I just offended so many people. I can imagine. <laughs> I offended myself trying to do that. The entire oh, gamer world's coming for you now. The entire gaming world. And hey, before you attack me, I used to love Mario Kart. I would still play it, honestly. I still love me some Smash Bros. Oh, how could you not? Anyways. Mm-hmm. So, in the 1960s, the brothers would apparently claim that they heard radio communications from the Soviet Union that were undercover and super-duper secret. So, essentially, these two brothers were really fascinated with how radios worked and kind of, you know, picking up signals, this, that, and the other. You know, things that you did when you didn't have the internet. Um, and they're claiming that they kind of heard all these, like, really weird transmissions come in. So the communications included what the brothers claimed to be dying sounds of a, quote, suffocating lost cosmonaut, along with further reports of cosmonauts appearing to be going stir crazy and that the cosmonauts were claiming to be lost in space. I feel like if you're lost in space, unless you like just got lost, you're like probably floating around for a while, maybe getting a little bit of transmission through. But other than if you're like long gone lost, like you're not surviving that. You ain't saying no shit. Between 1960 and 19, to 1964, the brothers heard and released nine recordings of the following. So in May 1960, a spacecraft with crew members on board reports it is going off course. November 28, 1960, the faint SOS Morse code signal is heard. February 1961, a cosmonaut is recorded suffocating to death. In April of 1961, days before the first recorded launch of Yuri, a capsule is recorded orbiting the Earth three times before re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. In May of 1961, an orbiting spacecraft asks for help after, quote-unquote, losing control. October 1961, a cosmonaut reported losing control and supposedly started going deeper into space. November 1962, a reported space capsule misjudges the re-entry and bounces off the Earth's atmosphere and back into space. November 1963, a reported female cosmonaut dies during re-entry. And finally, in April 1964... 
Another cosmonaut is killed when the, his space capsule burns in the Earth's atmosphere. That's a lot of deaths. It's a lot of... Well, and just a lot of, like, really depressing shit and a lot of shit that doesn't sound good for the Soviet Union. No. And uh, the people that, like, forward, I've seen, like, the suffocating or whatever, if they were, like, stranded in a lost capsule, that's I give, that might be okay then. Like, a plausible reasoning, because then they're, like, at least inside. It says yeah. they're just floating around in a spacesuit. They're definitely dead not for, like, not long after. But if they're stuck yeah. in something, they could maybe live for a little bit, like, rationing food and water. Okay. But yeah, that sound like they sound like pretty tortured deaths. Very, very dark and, like, not very survivory. You know what I mean? Like the show Survivor. Very, uh, you know, you're kind of on this island and you're fending for yourself. And if you have a mental breakdown, you have a mental breakdown, so to speak. Very dark. I used to watch that show and I hate that show. I like can't. 30, 30 seasons. I can't fucking stand it. Anyways, so all these recordings are heard through a span of four years, as mentioned by these two brothers, and yet it doesn't appear as if the Soviet Union um, really made any claims to these recordings. So essentially, they never, like, I don't think they ever addressed them. I don't think they really talked about it. But as you know, like every conspiracy theory, there's always some doubts or some holes. So since the Mm -hmm. recordings have been published, the audio transcripts reveal that none of these cosmonauts who are alleged to be Soviet Air Force pilots had identified themselves or gave any further receipts as to who the hell they were. Wait, what? I'm confused. They're not real people? Well, that's the thing. You would think that if they were, you know, out in space on a mission, they would be like, hey, this is so-and-so from, you know, Soviet Russia. Help me out. But yeah, like usually when you make a big deal of, like, this person's going to space, here's a press conference, blah, 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 they're going up, blah, blah, blah. Well, and that's the thing. So this is where I think people are like, okay, but maybe Soviet Russia, like, sorry, Soviet Union were sending people out under the radar just to, like, test things out so that they could get to space first. And all these attempts were super failed and people were dying and they weren't claiming anything. No offense, but that sounds like a super Soviet move. Yeah, I'm not going to comment. I don't want to die, but <laughs> I don't want to get... I was just saying, like, that's just, like, that's just a mentality around that, like, you see in, like, movies. Like, it's, like, the, the Russians want to do everything first. They want to well, beat people first. Like, I guess you all that faked attempts being, like, they have to get this right the first time. Exactly, exactly. That's why, like, when I was reading into it, I was like, mm, okay, fair enough, because the Soviet Union always had this very, like... I want to say aggressive, but very, like, we're going to be 10 ominous. steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. This very, like, ominous picture or depiction yeah, of what they are. Yeah, exactly. So, essentially, the fact that no one had identified themselves during these recordings, this could mean that the recordings could have really been anyone pretending to be from the Soviet Union and pretending to be a lost cosmonaut, quote-unquote. Not only that... But according to officials, they weren't using correct terminology, and apparently all the recordings contain disjointed sentences and grammatical errors, which kind of questions the authenticity of it, right? Like, you know, I'm assuming to be a cosmonaut is a very high-ranking thing that you need to be very educated for, even back in the 60s. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't just Some, like, up- high-level physicist or something, scientific degree of some part background, like, you usually know your stuff pretty well because you're going up there for a reason. Well, yeah, and not only that, but they're not going to take Joe Blow down the road, can't put, you know, words together. 
Mm-hmm. No offense to Joe Blow down the road, but like it is what it is. Yeah, there's potential that it probably like those could be made up, like recordings of some sorts. If there's like, no proof, no names, no proof of life, no proof of death, like just things sound sketchy. Exactly. Uh, not only that, but there were some mathematical issues along with some of the reports that the brothers claimed that they heard. I'm not going to get into that because math hurts my head. And if you're into math and numbers, you can look that up. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. After all the hype of these recordings, you know, had kind of faded, the brothers would go on and kind of do their own thing. Their connection to to space didn't seem to fade, though. In 1964, the brothers actually won an Italian TV quiz show and were given a trip to NASA as their prize. So, like... Now they get a free space trip. Like, to the building. (laughs) Exactly. So, finally, we have our final-ish conspiracy theory and this one this one's this one's weird very weird the least believable i guess (laughs) this is one that's like very disproven right off the hop but Mm, we're talking about anyways so the soviets as we know were trying extremely hard to get to the moon first and actually would send an n1 rocket through the soyuz 7k l3 craft to the moon eventually um but as most of us know the first moon landing with a with an actual like human crew no dummies uh took place by the americans on july 20th 1969 according to a branch of this massive conspiracy theory the soviets supposedly tried to go to the moon on july 3rd 1969 days before the americans landed with the apollo 11 This attempt apparently ended in an explosion destroying the launch pad and killed the cosmonauts on board. This is another weak branch of the theory, as the attempt has been argued by officials as, you know, not being legit. And there have been no confirmed deaths attached to any launch. So, essentially, someone, somewhere, was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like the Soviets, you know, went to the moon on July 3rd, 1969, days before Apollo 11 went. And there's no... There's no facts behind it. Of course. (laughs) Of fucking course. But we're not done. Trust me, we're not done here. So there was an attempt to the moon by the Soviets, though. Officials claim that this launch with dummies on board took place on December 2nd, 1970, meaning after the fact of the, you know, July 3rd, 1969 conspiracy conspiracy theory launch and mm-hmm. after apollo 11 so like mm-hmm. they did try to go to the moon but it was like after the fact so someone somewhere was sipping on their spicy tea clinking their spoon around being like mm, did you hear that the soviets actually went to the moon on july 3rd i don't know why i just gave them a southern accent but it is what it is <laughs> and someone else heard it and they're like oh my gosh no tell me more and then i don't know the information blew up was blew up and now we have this part of the theory fake yeah so the next branch of this conspiracy theory is so wild that you're gonna need to hold on to your fucking limbs because we're going to the moon like we are full tilt balls to the wall boobs to the wall too just this is this is the weird one folks this is the i'm hanging off the edge of my seat are you hanging on to your limbs (laughs) Can you tell them my voice? <laughs> yes. So another launch rumor allegedly came from an American journalist by the name of Mike Arena. Mr. Arena claims that in 1993, a cosmonaut by the name of Ivan Istov Knivkov killed it, 
and his dog Kloka were sent out by the <laughs> sent out on the Soviet Soyuz 2 craft and disappeared on October 26, 1968, with no signs of being hit by anything or like no signs of damage. They just essentially went to space and were never heard from again. Just him and his dog. Just him and his dog said, Peace. I'm out of here. Fuck yeah. this planet. <laughs> Fuck this planet. I heard I, I somehow heard about 2020 and I don't want to deal with it. So bye. You at this point it was speculated wildly that they had been erased from history by the Soviet authorities who essentially didn't want to face another embarrassment from the situation. But don't get attached to Ivan or Kloka. And sure as hell don't get attached to Mike because this story was allegedly created and blown up by a man named Jean Fontcuberta. Jean Fontcuberta. Sorry, Jean. And it's, it's, it's like spelled Joan, but I think it's pronounced Jean. Mm, Jean Joan. They are a conceptual artist, writer, and editor. So Jean apparently took this story as a modern art exercise that included false mission artifacts, various digitally manipulated images, and detailed feature-length biographies that had historical and technical errors. This story was actually shown as an exhibit in Madrid in 1997 called Sputnik. Unfortunately, unfortunately, someone maybe didn't understand the fact that it was a falsified and put it in a magazine. Awkward. Does this remind you of this man, though? Like, the conspiracy theory that we covered a while ago. There was this huge online thing, and it was just a guerrilla marketing scheme. And I forget what, I think it was Vice did an article about it, and then had to republish, like, an uh, article shortly after being like, uh, we just found out this was bullshit, so. Yeah, like, the whole point of you publishing a story was to check your facts. Check your sources, check your facts. Check your edit and re-edit. Check your sources. Yeah. Who are like, you? Who are you? Although I will say I, I've had to re-edit and edit this episode like seven million times. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so Mexico's Luna Corina magazine ran this as part of their January, um, it's like January to April 1998 issue. I guess they do it like a couple months. They don't just do one month. They do like multiple months. Anyways, mm-hmm. came out sometime in 1998. Uh, where photos and a story explaining the truth, the quote-unquote truth, were published. You may be asking, how do we know that Joan was putting out what he was and, you know, it not necessarily being the truth? Essentially, how do we know that this was actual bullshit? Here's some information that kind of breaks that down. Ivan uh, is reportedly a very close Russian translation of Joan's name. Specifically, John and Ivan both translate to John, which is why I keep kind of giving him Jean, like a very French, but I don't... Uh, and apparently even John's last name and Ivan's last name both translate to the same thing in Russian. Both translate to Hidden Fountain. Like, that's the English translation. I... It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, the pictures of Ivan are actual pictures of Jean's face, or at least show like sides of his face. And I looked at them; they're all like pretty much the same person mm. in the same face. It's interesting. Fake news. Fake news. Apparently, pages of the official website of the Madrid exhibit actually show the words "pure fiction" towards the top of the page in like various, you know, colored 
font, which I find interesting. And then if that wasn't enough, the font and rear end papers um, of the catalog accompanying the Madrid Madrid exhibit have the words, it's all fiction in both Russian and Spanish written on them using glow in the dark ink. I love this glow in the dark, first of all. Second of all, good thing it says fiction, like then people know it's fake. I know, except for this poor magazine. Like whoever picked this to write about and like to actually go, you know. Probably got fired ASAP. Well, yeah. And like I said, like this is back in what, 98? I think we had computers at that time. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Might have been dial up, but we had it. Yeah. So even in the Angels Barcelona website, it states, and this is a direct quote, this project is a parody when talking about the Sputnik. Mm. Yeah. So to kind of summarize this whole debacle, conspiracy theory I've laid on thick, uh, this seems to be a lot, like there seems to be a lot of different branches of this conspiracy theory regarding the lost cosmonauts and previous attempts to space by the Soviet Union. Based on what I've read, I've kind of kind of speculated that if, and this is a big, big if, this was hypothetically true, that perhaps the Soviet Union was trying to hide experimental launches from the rest of the world. The only reason, the only reason I could come up with this is I kind of also saw other people speculating was to perhaps hide not being successful and not wanting to be considered a laughingstock to the rest of the world. In one Smithsonian article by Thomas Ellis, he wrote, and this is a direct quote, The lost cosmonaut rumors have been persuasively debunked as far back as the mid-1960s. It is now known that the Soviets did cover up disasters and accidents within the space program, but there is no evidence to suggest they ever covered up any deaths in orbit. Either way, this conspiracy theory is out of this world in terms of all of its branches and all of its different different ways that it kind of broke down, so to speak. So that is, that's the conspiracy theory. That is this episode. That is this case. Interesting. Some little, what, some little things that could be thought of being true, but some things are just like, well, it sounds like a whole lot of made up bullshit that they're trying to like get their yeah. first, have test runs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like, When Mm -hmm. I was reading some of it, I kind of thought, okay, like, this is a stretch, this is a stretch. But then, and I don't know if this is just because of, like, TV shows or movies that I've watched, but I kind of, I could see Soviet Union hiding some disasters or hiding some different things, because I feel like a lot of other countries do that. Like, a lot of other countries hide up shitty things that, that happen under their radar so that they don't look weak or they don't look less than other countries. So my resources for this episode include the Encyclopedia Astronaut Astronics website, Smithsonian article by Thomas Ellis, uh, aerospaceweb.org, webarchive.org website. Uh, This was for the science fiction convention in Seattle, speech by Robert Heinlein. The Gazden Times article uh, dated December 10th, 1959. Russia Beyond article uh, by Niklov Shizkevko uh, on March 18th, 2020. And finally, angelsbarcelona.com article, Sputnik 1977. Dude, nailed it. Killed it. Christy, could you tell our fine listeners where they could find us, listen to us, follow us, do whatever they want to do, just with consent? (laughs) With consent, please. 
<laughs> with consent. Yes, yeah, so you guys can find us on uh, various platforms. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platforms you guys listen to your podcast on regularly. You can email us any suggestions or any topics you want to look cover or anything specific to weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com. You can tweet at us on Twitter at weirddistractiw1. That's weirddistractiw1. And on his up our Insta page at weirddistractionspod. Check out our Instagram. Uh, I think the post we made on Monday, January 4th. So find that post with all the giveaway information. Like it. Share it to your story. Leave us a review. Send us the review or send us proof that you did send the review. You could win a $25 gift card to Amazon plus a new coffee mug with some Weird Distractions logo on it. As well as some stickers because who the hell doesn't love stickers as an adult? Who doesn't love free stuff? Exactly. Like, who are you? Who are you if you don't love free stuff? (laughs) I think that is it for this week. And Mm. we've got some exciting stuff coming up early 2021. So keep an eye out, keep an ear out. You're going to see some interesting guests, some interesting topics. I'm so excited for this year. Hopefully it doesn't continue to be a mimic of 2020, but hey... Who knows? Hopefully not. I literally wrote down the other day, 2019, and I was like, I must have just forgot 2020 happened because I just skipped that year. (laughs) I've already repressed it. Thank you. (laughs) Anyways, if you need a distraction. We got you. Bye. Bye. Welcome to my true crime podcast, Stolen From Me. Every week we will cover a different case, from the notorious Ian Huntley to the gruesome Ed Gain. You can follow me for more episodes and news on my Twitter page, at Stolen From Me Pod. I got into true crime from an early age. I was around eight years old at the time, and at school we had to write to someone famous. Everybody decided to write to the Queen, but I didn't want to do that. So I decided I was going to write to the Cray Twins. This didn't go down well, but it did escalate in my fascination of true crime. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. Please leave a five-star review, like and subscribe. And see you in the next episode.